Hi, welcome to my mom's podcast. You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset, and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. All right, it looks like we are live. Welcome, everybody. We are live on LinkedIn doing a special fireside chat with my amazing friend and my mastermind coach and just all over amazing woman, Alexia Vernon, who I will reference as Lex for this chat because that's what I call her. But welcome, Lex, to the show. I'm so excited to have you today and to really chat up what it means to like speak up and share your message with the world and use your voice in so many beautiful ways. Thank you so much, Darlene. I'm very much looking forward to our conversation too. Absolutely. Well, before we dive too far into like the speaking up piece of it, I'd love to hear just a little bit of backstory to how you even came into the space where you're not only amplifying your own voice, but really helping other women step into who they are and share their message with the world. What Tell us some backstory to that. Yes, it's definitely been a long, circuitous journey. So for people who don't know about my relationship with Darlene, we met almost a decade ago. And when I first met Darlene, she was very clear what she was doing as a coach, but I was all over the sinking place, meaning I was trying to jockey between so many different niches that I was confusing a lot of people. So one moment I might be talking about uh, how to integrate multiple generations into the workplace. At other times I was talking about how to future-proof your career so that you would be recession-proof. In other cases, I was talking about how to ascend as a nonprofit leader. And it wasn't until I had an opportunity to be the closing keynote speaker at a pretty prestigious social enterprise conference and saw some relatively wonky dynamics happening in terms of communication on the stage that I realized I had been spending a lot of not just my career, but my life and my own very complicated relationship with my voice. Meaning one moment I would have all of this confidence and be able to step up and speak up and call people to take action. But then there were plenty of times where I might project confidence but I was so racked with insecurity, I was perpetually trying to hustle for other people's approval that I wasn't calling people to action, I wasn't telling compelling stories, and I wasn't growing my business. And when I started to get really clear that speaking had been something I was I had a complicated relationship with, but that when I did it right, it absolutely converted prospects into clients for my business, whether those were individuals and organizations. And that when I stopped trying to be all the things and instead told powerful stories that created aha moments for people, gave compelling evidence that helped people solve the real problems that they possessed, and then made simple, relevant offers, like there was no limit to where my business could go. That's when I got really passionate about helping other people to be able to do the same, particularly women. Yeah. And I know that it's something like you mentioned that when we first met, you thought I had it together as a coach, which I find hysterical because 
when we first started coaching, we were both, I think, pretty new in the space at the same time. And it took me, I feel like two years before I had any clue who the heck I was talking to, what my messaging was. And I was having trouble stepping up and like sharing my message with the world and using my voice because it was such a different platform for me too, coming from like retail management background and just showing up, doing the work, being really amazing at the work that I did, but not having to be the person that was actually front and center and doing the marketing and the messaging. And I didn't have to like use my voice in those ways. So I love that you share that, like that was part of your journey as well, was just kind of figuring out what your voice is. And I know a lot of women that I talk to and even some of my um, male clients as well, like they struggle with finding like what that message is. How do they yeah. um, connect with other people? And there's so many things that we're passionate about. Like most of us are pretty passionate in lots of different ways and we trying to like find the right pieces of our story and our message to bring into the conversation to allow other people to hear and learn like what that ripple effect can be from there can be challenging. I want to say first and foremost, you masked any insecurity very well because that never came across. Uh, but second, I believe that we teach or we coach around what we have to learn, but also we are striving to remember. Uh, and I see this in myself, but also with friends, with colleagues, with clients, is that so many of us are called to in some way help people find their voice, develop their confidence, speak up and out. And it's still work that we're in the process of mastering for ourselves. And so we can really get into this frame of mind of saying, who am I to show other people, other women, other business leaders, whomever it is, how to do this thing when I'm still on the growth journey myself? And I used to be that person who would second guess. And now I recognize, no, I'm really close to this work and passionate about it because I've learned a lot of things to be able to help people. And it's still the work that I'm doing myself, which means being in the trenches gives me that ability to see things not only as an expert who's going to tell my clients what to do, but as that person who can really be that catalyst through the questions that I ask, through the activities that I lead, through the role-playing of challenging conversations, role-playing presentations, whatever it is, because I'm still in the space of doing that work myself. Yeah. And, and we're, I love that you said you're in the trenches with it because I think all of us are like as we're growing our businesses as we're putting ourselves out there there's that piece where we we're in the trenches we're teaching what we've gone through in so many cases like we're passionate because we're like heck I was struggling with this just yesterday and here's what I figured out like here's what I know here's what I've learned through this process and you can take some of that guesswork out of supporting other people through those times as well when you think about like the coaches and the consultants that you work with and helping them step up on the stages and to use their voice, what is like the biggest struggle that you see today, especially like, you know, 19 months through a pet in the middle of, I don't even know if we're in the middle. <laughs> I know it's hard to know where we are. Like, what do you see as like the biggest challenge that we're having? Yeah. It's hard to choose just one because I appreciate that you gave the time frame because it's different. Like if you'd asked me this question pre-March 2020, I would have given you a different answer than what I'm going to give now. Because a lot of the people that I work with are not brand new coaches. They've been doing this for a while. In some cases, they've done some speaking, whether that's they've been on podcasts. Maybe they have their own podcast. They've been asked to speak to some groups. 
They might have even done some work in organizations where maybe they did a lunch and learn or they spoke at a professional association. But now the question is like, where should I be speaking? What does that even look like? And how do I make a plan not just for this liminal space we're in for God knows how long between life as we used to know it and life where maybe we're gathering safely without face masks, but like what's a plan that could carry me forward beyond this awkward space we're in? And that has truthfully shifted a lot of my work is not just helping people create a signature talk that they're going to give in front of a live audience, because for a lot of folks, particularly who are in the coaching or consulting space, that's not what it's going to look like. One of the arenas where I see people having awesome opportunities is with actually doing more and more speaking for organizations because companies still need professional development for their people now, perhaps more than they ever have, because whether a company has everybody still working from home or they have some people working from home, some people in the office, the opportunity to tap professional development speakers who might be presenting from the comfort of their own home too, to talk about these timely topics that their employees, in some cases their leaders are struggling with, has been a wonderful way to be able to get an initial speaking opportunity that is usually compensated, unlike a lot of the speaking of professional associations or being interviewed for other people's mastermind groups where you do it as a marketing strategy, but you don't get paid unless somebody enrolls in your program. On the organizational side, you do get paid up front and if it's done right, it becomes a bridge for more long-term work in an organization, whether that's coaching multiple leaders in that company or coming in and leading a quarterly training on your area of expertise or doing more of a consulting package where perhaps you're doing an assessment to look at what's going on in the culture. And then based on what that assessment reveals, you have that opportunity then to design a customized package that fuses coaching and training and maybe some done for you services. But that's where I'm seeing a lot of growth for coaches and consultants right now. And that pivot to go back to your question around speaking is not just what I do on a live stage, but speaking is something that I do to become a bridge for ongoing work with the kind of client who can pay me. And I'm seeing a lot of people who are answering that it's the private client to actually, I can do the same thing I'm doing with a little bit of pivoting and do it within organizations and sell maybe a few companies in, in more robust packages rather than needing to constantly enroll individuals every single month. And I love that you bring that up because I think it's something, you know, both of us have been in the industry coaching for a long time. And I know for sure the first things I started doing was going out, like pitching myself to speak for free in front of rotary clubs or chambers or women networking groups and amazing organizations. And, you know, it definitely led to clients through that path. But I love this ability to take it to a corporate level. And as typically a lot of coaches that I talk to, they don't think about going into corporate because they think of like solopreneurs and helping, um, you know, their career coaches or life coaches or business coaches, and they're supporting people individually one-to-one. -one. So they think of that one-to-one, one-to-one -one dynamic where this gives like the ability to really kind of think outside the box and get into bigger organizations, bigger companies and getting contracts that you don't have to have 50 million clients, right? Like not that any of us coaches could have 50 million, <laughs> just a smidgen, but this opens up the door to more conversations and to really help support. And so many clients that I talk to, especially like they're so gifted at what they do. They have such a huge heart, a huge passion. 
and they're amazing. And it's sometimes it's like one-off coaching sessions can be a lot. So I love that this is like a new exploratory way because of the pandemic that so many people are looking at to like, how do I get into bigger corporations and work with inside that organization with a few people versus just the one-off sessions. If some, if you, if somebody is like questioning, like how on earth would I even like pivot mm -hmm. or spin that around? Like, what would you say? Hire me. No, I'm just kidding. Sort of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first thing is to shift the mindset that I have to do a certain amount of stuff with individuals before I would be seen relevant as organizations. Second mindset shift that might need to happen is I've never worked a corporate job. So who am I to come into a company and talk to corporate people? And I say that because I find that for people who are not making that pivot, it's usually one of those two reasons and sometimes both. And so I'm going to speak to that first mindset of I need to have enough individual stuff. I need to have figured things out to remember that the people who are in companies are people. And I, I mean, I say that not to be an oracle of the obvious, but you don't have to work with one type of client to give yourself the ability to work with another if, and this is important, you have the ability to help the people in a company solve the problems they already know that they have. So let me give you an example. Let's imagine that you are a health coach and your whole thing is about sugar, let's just say. And you've been doing that with individuals. You have classes, you've got a one-on-one -on -one offer, maybe you even run a group. But you're starting to feel like, and this is a lot of my clients right now, I used to get a lot of my people through Facebook ads. And Facebook is very unpredictable at best, soul crushing at worst. Like that model is just not going to work for me. But shoot, like what company is going to hire a health coach to talk about sugar? So if that were you, recognizing that people who work in companies have sugar cravings for sure. And people who are bringing in speakers inside of organizations recognize that health, whether we're talking about mental health or physical health, has a direct um, bearing on people's productivity, on people's energy, on people's wellness. And so recognizing, okay, so who might be my person inside of an organization that could bring me in? Well, it might be that you recognize it's employee wellness people who are doing a lot of that programming. So if that were you, you'd want to think about, hmm, how could I start to build relationships with employee wellness people who work corporate jobs? So you might be thinking about, well, maybe there's podcasts that serve this audience. Perhaps there are conferences where employee wellness directors go, where you talking to them about, let's say, what most health, most health programs get wrong about sugar and why that's hurting people in um, health programs. That could be a wonderful session that you did then that becomes a bridge for that decision maker to bring you in. Or maybe you write your own newsletter or you host your own summits and you wanna do one with employee wellness people to build that relationship where you're featuring them before you say, hey, if now that we have this relationship, you've gotten an experience of my point of view and the kinds of programs I do, let's discuss the possibilities of how I could help inside your organization. But the, the real thing is understanding what are the problems that your decision maker is trying to help people with and how can you be a resource so that we get away from, I'm just pitching myself to speak, which may have been a strategy that worked if you're pitching yourself to conferences or um, at, to speak at associations where they're having to book speakers on a regular basis. Companies don't have to book speakers typically on particular topics. 
but they have to solve problems that are holding their people back. Now, the second thing that I brought up is the, I've never worked a day in corporate. I can talk about this one much more quickly. Neither did I. I came from the nonprofit education, social justice arts world where I think shoes were optional most days at my office. I mean, I'm kidding somewhat, but like it was super casual. We were a bunch of hippies trying to change the world. And yet the majority of my organizational work has been in Fortune 500 companies and in small, relatively conservative culture businesses. That doesn't mean that I have to have worked in those spaces. I mean, at this point I have as a consultant, what it means is I have to understand what those problems are. And the problems aren't all that different than problems in other industries that I've solved as a speaking coach. If I'm trying to help people find their voice in high stakes conversations, to be able to speak to the conversation inside the head and the heart of the people they're moving to action, that's my vocal empowerment process that works across industries and sectors. And so once I recognize that, then I might need to learn a little bit about that industry, but I can interview people on my podcast. I can go to events in a particular industry if I'm wanting to work there to get that insider knowledge. But then the goal is not trying to position myself as someone who knows everything about corporate or if I'm working in finance, I know everything about finance. If I'm working in commercial real estate, I know everything about commercial real estate. My expertise as a coach is on this coaching process that helps people change their communication with themselves, their communication in conversations, and their communication in presentations. And so as long as I don't lose that plot, then I can book those things in companies, even if, if it's an industry I don't know. Yeah. I love something that you just shared right there, like the fact like you're starting conversations with people that you want to get connected with within organizations almost through like a backdoor way where you're inviting them into your world yeah. versus trying to um, put yourself into their world immediately first, because all of us know it's, we have to build that know, like, and trust factor. We have to build that relationship first. And sometimes it's so much easier to give back to others versus trying to get them to like, to sit down and talk with us in the beginning. So I just wanted to like pull that out for a second and highlight I'm it. I'm glad you did because that's one of the things I would most want people to take away from this conversation is that if we feel like we are pitching machines, two things as we're talking about here. Number one, if there's not a relationship in place, it doesn't mean you can't get an opportunity, but it's much harder. And second, people want to give opportunities to people, as Darlene said, that they know, like, and trust. And so if you can establish that relationship by elevating someone else's visibility and making them look like the hotshot that they are and they want to be seen as, well, human nature is such that they're going to be much more interested in looking at how they can help us in return. Yeah. And that's such a beautiful thing because it just takes some of that guesswork out of like, how am I going to get in front of this person? How am I going to connect with the person? And um, it just starts the conversation in such a beautiful way. So I just wanted to, to make sure we we highlighted that. <laughs> what would you say are some strategies then that um, you would share to somebody who wants to like start, besides the tip we just shared, like with, you know, highlighting them first, what are some other strategies to get in front of people and organizations that can really see us as the expert and why it would be so valuable to be brought in? Yeah. So we've talked about a few of them in terms of looking at how can you interview that decision maker who could potentially green light you coming in to speak, to coach, to train, or all of the above. And just to break that down a little bit, you might be interviewing them for your podcast. You might be interviewing them for an article. You might be interviewing them for a summit. Um, I also love 
executive roundtables quite a bit because executive roundtables give somebody an opportunity. Let's say you, Darlene, you're wanting to create relationships with CMOs inside of companies because maybe you want to share what a lot of corporate marketing initiatives are getting wrong about creating brands that reflect the values not only of their employees, but also of their customers who, let's say, are caring more about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I'm, I'm making all this up. But you might be saying to yourself, that sounds really interesting, but I don't have a lot of relationships with CMOs. If Darlene suddenly decides that she wants to put together an executive roundtable specifically for CMOs who are struggling with moving their marketing messages forward in a way that reflects these values, she can now reach out to CMOs that perhaps her clients or friends or colleagues have said, this is a great person you should meet. But rather than just the like, hey, let's have a connection call, which sometimes is not really motivating for senior leaders to show up to. Now, Darlene gets to say, I'm doing this virtual event for six to eight CMOs. So you're going to be with your peers. You're not going to have, you know, an, a marketing assistant next to a CMO with like a coordinator in the room where that senior level leader doesn't want to show up. But I'm doing this thing specifically for other people at your level to be able to share best practices, but also have a safe space to share struggles. And I am, as a coach, going to facilitate that conversation, but also share back some of the things I'm seeing work with my marketing clients. Then that becomes an opportunity to bring the people Darlene wants directly to her, facilitate a great experience, and use that as a bridge to be able to have a conversation after about what an ongoing engagement could look like. So that's another one of my favorite strategies. It's one of the reasons why I think it's next month in our mastermind, we're going to be talking all about executive roundtables. Um, and then, you know, there's a bunch, but I think the other one I want to bring up is looking at service as an opportunity to serve and to soar. And what I mean by that is most of us, I think, know that there's particular issues that just like speak to our souls. Um, as a thyroid cancer survivor, anything that impacts, well, thyroid health, endocrine health, women's health speaks profoundly to me. As a sexual abuse survivor, anything that is in the intersections of helping children to be able to speak up and out, safe touch, consent conversations, but also healing for sexual um, assault survivors, but also healing for families where sexual abuse might have happened and the offenders in the family, like all of those things speak to me. And you might be thinking, okay, that's lovely, Lex, like where are you going with this? But I can't serve on you know, on all the boards and be a part of all the things. But I've really strived not only to have representation on, let's say, a board. I mean, Darlene and I met through being on the board of the International Coach Federation and um, look at our relationship years later. A lot of my early organizational clients came from being on a, in a leadership role for the Association for Talent Development, but also looking at nonprofit boards or depending on your industry, corporate boards where you can serve because you feel tied to those issues. But then also seeing that as an opportunity to build relationships with other leaders. So when I was on a board for a nonprofit that worked um, around sexual abuse, I met a lot of people who were leaders in all different kinds of industries. And that became a pathway for me for being able to speak and to train, but also to have that desire to give back satiated. Yeah. And I love that it's like, it's like the desire that you had 
to go out there and start those conversations. So sometimes we need to look internal. What are we passionate about? What things light us up? What things are outside of necessarily the scope of our business specifically that we we have a heart for? And we can like inner thread those things together in our business to really share our message, to connect those stories and to make sure we're sh passionately showing up. There's nothing worse than trying to fake passion, right? Like when it comes to our business, especially and in all relationships, I guess too, but <laughs> it's a totally different topic. <laughs> but I think it's important that we look at those things. So many, especially like with my clients, we talk a lot about sharing their story and like what pieces of their story actually matter when it comes to like the origin of their business and how they came to start their business. And they forget, and I and I did this as well, like we almost close a door to our past lives. Like I was in retail management for a lot of years. And when I started my coaching business, I was, I acted like it didn't exist. I like put it in a box and like tied it up real pretty, put it on a shelf in the closet. And I acted like those tools and resources and things that I learned during that time didn't matter anymore. And as I kind of had, had aha moments later in my career, I was like, oh wait, those things actually are super useful. Let's open up that box again and see what the heck's in there. So I can start to have conversations to those past experiences, to um, things that I learned during that time that I didn't think were gonna be impactful in coaching. But those are conversations that can start to be pulled back out and you know shared in different ways. That's another one of my favorite things is to also think about who are people who were champions for me, who were connectors for me, who were decision makers sometimes for me during different seasons of my career, sometimes before I even had my own business, because we often think, okay, the only people who care about what I'm doing or can be helpful in terms of what I'm doing are the people that I've worked with in the last two years. And sometimes those dormant but previous connections can be really helpful. I always love it. And this happens probably once every 18 months when somebody I went to high school with who wasn't even in my grade, um, but was in another class shows up at a workshop because somehow she heard about something that I was doing. And I say she, because I went to an all girls school. So usually it's safe to say she. Um, sometimes it might be somebody that I worked with in the social justice work who sees about something I'm doing and comes or refers somebody else. But we don't want to forget to nurture those relationships that even if we don't talk to somebody more than maybe once every couple of years, show up for them, be genuinely curious about what they're doing. And of course, give them an opportunity to know what we're up to as well. Yeah. And, and those past relationships are so, they're golden. They're already people that know you. You've had, you have a relationship with it. It's so much easier to go back and have those conversations than it is to put yourself in a position where you're saying, hey, person who doesn't know me from Adam, like, let's, let's chat, let's connect. Yeah. So thinking about like, who do I know that I can go back and reach out to? That's what I loved about um, LinkedIn specifically as a, a networking social platform is it, I've been able to reconnect with people from retail management, from high school, different careers that I, um, like smaller jobs when I was younger that I had done. And I'm like, oh, these resources and these relationships are actually something I can go back to versus pretending like they didn't exist and they don't impact where I'm at today as well. So I know you have um, some exciting stuff coming up with that you're leading. And I want to talk a little bit about the workshop that you have coming up next week where you're inviting some of these coaches, consultants, um, healers to look at different relationships and conversations they can have and different ways they can look at their business for um, building it out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about what you have coming up and what that looks like? Yes. So if you identify as somebody who is 
a coach, consultant, or a trainer, or truthfully, even an organizational leader who is tasked with development work, whether that's informally as a manager, or perhaps you're an internal coach or trainer. Um, this workshop that I have is for you. So we're going to talk about what are professional development topics that organizations really need coaches, consultants, and trainers to be addressing right now. And you know, when I look at some of the people who are signed up, they're the people internally because they're starting to question, like, we always do this content, but it feels a little bit stale. So I don't want anyone who might be listening to think, well, I am a trainer internally. Of course, I know what our people need. Like, as we have this conversation, we're going to be really digging into sometimes what's at the root of what people are needing right now. And then how do we really design professional development topics that don't just sound flashy, but actually um, scratch that itch and see and and take the itch away, if you will. We're going to talk about on the consultant side key mistakes that a lot of coaches, consultants, trainers make when trying to sell those services to organizations, so that we don't come across as amateurs, we don't come across as too pushy, but we also don't come across as tone deaf and make it about us rather than the people we're seeking to serve. We'll go into even more depth about strategies to be able to secure FaceTime with organizational decision makers to be able to discuss and when the work. And then one of my zones of genius and passions is really talking about messaging. So we're also going to talk about how do we make sure that we are helping people find their voices in the experiences we're doing and why role play as a coaching and as a training strategy is so powerful if in some way we're seeking to help people speak up. Um, there's a, a research that came out of the MIT Sloan uh, School of Management in 2020. It was a survey of 6,000 Microsoft employees. And it was about how often they speak up to their managers. And this research found that only 50% of employees consistently did. And even more surprising, only seven, or rather 17.5% of employees said that they never spoke up. And right now, whether speaking up in your company means helping people be able to speak up about what your COVID policies are, whether speaking up means helping to design and then have to have challenging conversations about what expectations are around remote work, whether speaking up is about diversity, equity, and inclusion, or just calling out bias that's embedded in culture. I think almost every professional development need right now has a speaking up component. So we're going to talk about that as really the through line for how to get speaking, training, consulting opportunities in companies, or if you're in a company, how to make sure you're really buffing up those muscles around speaking up. So I can't wait. It's Wednesday. Um, what is next Wednesday? Uh, October 27th, I believe. I think so. Awesome. And I will make sure that the link is... Um, down below um, as soon as I can figure out how to do that through <laughs> StreamYard, which is my new tech learning adventure this week. Um, so the link will be below so you can sign up for that and make sure you attend. I know Lex gives so much golden information and it's a great opportunity to kind of explore, get, get curious for a minute. Like what would this look like if I um, started reaching out into different um, corporations, look at my business as a whole, like where am I going over the next year? especially as you start to plan out like 2022, which is crazy. We're almost like we're at the end of four for 2021 and we're already looking at 2022. But what are some of those strategies to make sure I'm getting in front of the right audiences, to make sure I'm building my business and kind of layering on to see what's next for me. And I know it's something that we, we all need to get curious, especially this time of year. It's like my favorite time of year to like start exploring, well, what am I going to do next year? How am I going to take my business to that next level? 
And um, some of the pieces that Lex is going to share might be exactly what you're needing to um, get your foot in the door and have those conversations start. And who knows, you might, you might find that her, um, what she's offering is exactly what you've been looking for. And if not, you're at least going to get some nuggets that you're going to take away so that you can implement it into your business right now and use that gold um, to, to continue to grow and to continue to move forward. Lex, as we start to kind of wrap things up, I would love um, to hear from you. Like what, if, if somebody is like just a little bit curious, but they're not sure like how this would impact them and why they should come, what would you say to them? That if you know that you are at a crossroads, either because it feels like the stuff that you've been doing isn't having the same impact, particularly in terms of marketing and getting your foot in the door, or you feel like you're ready to make somewhat of a sharp right turn or a 180 because you're wanting to do things in a deeper way than you've given yourself permission to do, to think in terms of bigger packages, to think in terms of a bigger message that you're ready to share with your audiences, or you're just one of those people who loves to learn and grow and evolve and constantly play to your edge. Like the workshop has been created for all of those things. And my workshops tend to be pretty intimate by design. So if you come, you're likely going to have an opportunity to raise your hand and get some hot seating around whatever you're struggling with. So it's a great way to be able to bring your challenge and have some focused attention on you and what you're working on as well. Yeah. And that's like the best. And it's free. So, you know, like the, the barrier to entry is pretty low. You just have to sign up. <laughs> free and you get one-on-one um, -on -one coaching inside of it if needed towards the end. Like Q and that's like the best part I think that Lex does with her workshops is she does a beautiful job um, of just starting that conversation and saying like, Hey, raise your hand. If you have a question, let's work through it real quick. Let's see what's coming up for you and how to solve that problem without it having to take years or hours. <laughs> we can do it in like five minutes. Like let's find that little thing and push it to the next level, um, and the next edge. So I love that. Well, Lex, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing a little bit about, um, what this might look like and kind of just opening the door to have conversation and explore a little bit. Um, I so appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to have this conversation. And if you're listening and you're like, yes, I want to learn a little bit more. I want to see, like, just have my curiosity peaked. Um, I'm going to put the link down below here in just a few minutes so that you can um, sign up. And if you have questions, reach out to me. Um, I'm a huge fan of Lex and the work that she does. And I absolutely um, only share. I don't actually affiliate for anybody but Lex. So, um, her information is gold and I highly recommend that you take just a few minutes to look, explore it, see what it looks like and start the conversation about what that might look like. Um, as always know that um, I believe in you. You're allowed to shine. You're allowed to stand out and you're allowed to be you. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Thank you so much, Darlene. And thanks to everyone who listened in. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at darlenehawley.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.